0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Ultimate Insider, Bear Insider's podcast. I am Mike Pulaski, Hall of Fame quarterback and radio color analyst for the Golden Bears. We got a big game win. How about that? 126th iteration of the game and, sadly, the final time this game is played between two Pac-12 or Pac-opponents since it's gone all the way back to the six-pack. But you get the win, and that's huge for alums, uh, for... Bay Area football fans for any Cal fans anywhere getting a win in the big game is always a great occasion so congratulations to the Golden Bears for that win uh offensively is a little bit sloppy and defensively it could have been a little bit better we could have gotten uh, a couple more sacks though we did move Daniels around the pocket a little bit um but again, a win is a win is a win. So very nice win for the Golden Bears. We'll break it down position by position. Coming up, I'll talk to head coach Justin Wilcox and get his take on the big game. Uh, I believe that he is now 4-3 and three in big games. I could be wrong about that, but he's right there. He's, he's over 500 in terms of big game wins, so congratulations to him and the coaching staff as well. I know this time of the year... You know, you're in the dog days. The days get short and it's long and you've been working your butt off all year long. you got injuries. There's all kinds of stuff going on. So to get a win in a game like that, it picks you up. Um, And it's a rivalry game. So it's huge. And then on top of that, the Bears have been fighting for bowl contention, to bowl eligibility. Right? So they have to get the six wins for bowl eligibility. And they give themselves a chance to get that sixth win next week versus UCLA. So it was a great win overall to get to get that one the way they did on the farm. Um, very nice. Let's start off with quarterback, Fernando Mendoza. I thought he played a very uh, good game for a freshman in his first big game. He was a little bit sloppy at times, but the emotion of the game will do that to a young player. And Fernando is a very good quarterback. He's going to be a really, really good quarterback by the time he's done playing, but he's also you know, emotional. He gets pumped up in these games and these rivalry games can get the juices flowing. Whether you want them to or not, uh, sometimes your nervous system just takes over. So I think he had a little bit of that. Plus it was wet weather, right? It was rain off and on during the game. They're playing on grass. There's a number of reasons it could be sloppy, but Fernando Uh, Passed for 294 yards, three touchdowns. He did have one interception that I will refer to as a bonehead interception. It's a quarterback throwing late uh, to a receiver downfield and didn't even recognize a safety underneath. So I'm sure if he were here, he would tell you that was a huge mistake. And so I have thrown those. I've thrown bonehead. Sometimes you get jersey blind out there where you don't even see the other jersey because you're kind of dialed into your guy. And potentially that's what happened there. It was definitely late for sure to throw that over route. So um, a mistake that he will learn from as a freshman, but in his first big game, he gets a win. He was 67% passing. So reasonably efficient as a quarterback there as well, and got freshman of the week as a quarterback. So congratulations to him, his first Pac-12 honor, uh, and awesome for him to get it in the big game for that big win. His top receiver in this game was Tron Grizzell. We've been talking about Tron from day one during camp. Coach Wilcox told us how he had worked himself into position to break that starting lineup. A walk on player who has put in the effort, who has learned the system, who has gotten better and better and better as the year progresses. And he had a breakout game in the big game 130 plus yards receiving um two touchdowns including by the way a fantastic back shoulder catch not only that it was it was a great back shoulder throw and i forgot to mention that with fernando he throws that back shoulder ball so well but this one to grizel in the end zone uh was really nice at stanford so good pitch and catch uh great connection obviously they have a sense for each other he's getting that with grizel He's got it with Endries, who also had a good game. Uh, And Endries, by the way, up for freshman All-American at that tight end spot, too. So pretty cool there. Offensive line did a nice job in this game as well. Jay Knott had a record in this game where he got 166 yards total rushing, but he passed Shane Vereen on the all-time rushing list, which is huge because Shane Vereen was a baller at that running back position, went on to play, you know, umpteen years in the NFL as well. So a really, really good football player. Uh, and Jaden, Ott uh, eclipsed his mark in this game. Obviously he was over a thousand coming into this game. So now he just adds to that list and a guy who can potentially, uh, be on all American lists himself, right? So he's competing uh at that national level in terms of rushing yards and a huge part of that a he has, he's very talented his speed is a big piece of that but the offensive line has done a great job in the running game this year i have said it and uh this is no knock to any of those dudes we have we really have five guards out there playing across on the offensive line there's no true tackles if you'd look at the t- you know at the tackle position and you've had some dudes like Barrett Miller fill in admirably T.J. Sessions as well, Um, but I think, I think, and from talking to scouts and from talking to other guys who have played the position that those guys, if they were to project out, would probably project out as guards, but they're doing a nice job um, in the run game here at Cal. Guards play well uh, in the run game. They can move. They're athletic. They're strong, right? They have all those things going for them, and so those guys doing an excellent job I say five guards, obviously we have a center too, and a lot of those guys could play center as well, but uh, doing an excellent job in the run game. And so hats off to those dudes. Again, no knock saying they're not a tackle. A tackle is a specialist position. Those dudes, uh, I've seen tackles who were phenomenal athletes, and I've seen tackles who weren't athletic at all, but could play the position because they had incredible technique. But if you were to try to put them at guard, they'd be useless. And so... The fact that those guys can go from guard to ta- you know and play that tackle spot is also a feather in their cap because it makes them versatile they can become swing guys on the next level uh if they go on so uh but doing a good job running the ball all said and done now that i've talked myself in circles mike Blesh has coached the hell out of that o-line you remember what it was like you know the last couple of years and so he has done a heck of a job getting those guys motivated getting the right attitude getting the execution up Um, and creating an environment in which the run game really matters. So hats off to the big boys. I always love it Uh, when the big boys do well, and I can congratulate them. It's so good for them. And I think you know, Jake Spavadal as well, calling that offense and finding a way to get the box numbers right. I keep talking about this in that RPO game, in the run game. Quarterback always has a choice that if they have too many people in the box, if the numbers aren't right for us, I can pull that ball and get it to the outside and so that helps you be efficient in the run game because it keeps that box at the right number so you can get a hat for a hat or at least the guys that you don't have a hat for you have a quarterback for to hold them on the backside, or some kind of read that they have to stay home for. So an excellent job running the football again this week Um, helped open up that pass and the offense again not super clean but efficient enough to win that game. So good on them. defense, a nice job in this game. Uh, moving the quarterback, Daniels, Troy Taylor, we've talked about it, a good offensive mind, a guy who likes to throw different formations and motions and sets at you, two quarterback sets. Sometimes things that get your eyes in the wrong place and, and get you thinking wrong. And except for a couple of plays, there weren't a lot of explosives where Cal's defense was out of sorts. So they did a nice job out there in terms of A, uh, gap responsibility, but then B, in terms of coverage as well, because Troy can get you looking the wrong place in the pass game. Uh, and even when you know the defenders weren't in perfect position in the secondary, the D-line was moving the quarterback around and couldn't get the ball off. So it has to be a full unit, everybody working together, they did a nice job in this game. One consideration um, and one worry for Cal fans is Cade Uloave, uh injured in this game. And so we'll have to see if he returns. I'll ask coach about that coming up shortly. And then uh, getting it done, you know, holding the team at the end um, and keeping them under 300 yards of total offense. I think defense last couple games has shown up a lot better. Holding this team, by the way, to under 60 snaps in the game as well, in part getting those three and outs. And I think Stanford was less than 30% on third down, which is a tough, tough percentage. And then also uh, creating opportunities to get them behind the chains, getting, you know, stopping the run, creating plays that kept them off schedule. And so, it got that offense off the field, so they couldn't convert on third down. I think both those things played into the defense having a great day out there versus the Cardinal. So, all that said, uh, I think it was a great overall showing. Winning the big game is always huge. Right now, I'm going to talk to Coach Wilcox, uh, and we'll get his take on the game. Well, joining me now, Head Coach Justin Wilcox. Coach, big game win is always a great win. After watching film, uh, tell me what you saw.
1: Yep. It was, and uh, I'm happy for all the old blues out there. I know it means a lot to them. So uh, we're glad to hopefully give them a a little feel good for a weekend or a week or a month or a year. Um, Basically, we uh, offensively, we ran it well. Um, We hit some big pass plays, timely pass plays, I would say. Uh, Special teams played solid. Maybe not spectacular, but solid. And defensively, uh, I think very solid as well. Minimal, bus. I thought we covered probably better than we've covered all year, uh, maybe other than the Auburn game. And uh, we affected the quarterback. And that, you know, I think when you add all that up, uh, you know, would put us in a position to win. Now, I think we could have, if we shot ourselves in the foot on offense a few too many times, it was a bit sloppy at times. Uh, special teams, we put the ball on the ground twice. The punter had to save us on a on a poor snap, and then Jeremiah bobbled the punt return. And then defensively, if we would have sacked the quarterback, you know, and the opportunities where we had to sack him, you know, it might have been even uh, a bigger margin of victory. So overall, really pleased, and it's it's good, but there's still uh, much that you know we could uh, improve upon and. And uh, thanks to Coach of, Yeah, and
0: you talk about how much it speaks to Old Blues. I'll tell you, my senior year, we went 10-2, and two, and then we lost to Stanford in the big game, and we got letters demanding Coach Snyder's head because of that loss. So big game is important, so it's a huge win to get that one in. It's one more win as well towards a bowl game. Uh, talk about where the team is emotionally on that right now. One game left. Like th- There's nothing else to focus on but this game coming up. You got
1: it. Uh empty the tank. You know, we're talking about players, preparation, scheme. There's nothing holding back. Um, there is no next week. And so uh I thought the energy's been good. You know, again coming off of a win, it's a it's easier to have great energy on Mondays, but they they've been good. And now we gotta we have, a, have to have a great week of prep because UCLA is a talented squad, a very talented squad. So we're ne- we're gonna need to play well. We'll we'll need to play even better than we did last week. Um and so the guys understand that and we know those things we're talking about in meetings, but uh there's obviously a lot to play for. Yeah, and a couple of uh
0: big events in the big game. Jade Knott goes for one sixty-six, but he surpasses Shane Vereen on the all-time rushing list. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. That's a dude right there that he just surpassed. And so talk about what that means for Jay Knott and the big difference really for him this year, Mike Blesch, that running game, the big guys up front. Yeah,
1: that's um, a great honor, you know, cracking that top 10 and getting in front of Shane, who is a who is a fantastic player. I didn't realize that until after the game and the Pac-12 network, he had mentioned that. And Jane's done it a pretty short time. You know, it's not like he's been here all that long. This is his second year. He's well into his second season, obviously, but uh, to to do that is impressive. And I still think he's just got so much more left. And I I think that game it was a different style, a different 160 yards than he's had in the past, where he's had some 40, 50, 30 yard runs. This was you know grinding it out, 36 carries, basically touching the ball one out of every two plays, and being the workhorse. And uh, he's had a few games this year he wasn't able to finish, and I thought this was a step. You know, seeing him uh basically just keep carrying the ball as long as it took and and getting hundred and sixty six yards and thirty six carries and just being that guy that keep handing the ball to. And uh, you know, it it's uh he he was uh I mean, without him it'd been really, really difficult. So it was a great great victory and a great uh I think step for him. Uh Mike Blesh in that O line and that the whole group, the offensive staff and the all the guys block and have done a heck of a job improving that run game. So really proud of all
0: of them. Yeah, obviously, you know, Jaden is a guy who you want to get the ball in his hands early and often. But I would think somewhere between that twenty-five to thirty-five is is normally kind of his range, right? Get him a couple of passes, let him run the ball inside. Thirty-six carries is
1: a lot of carries for a back like Jaden. Yep, and uh, I think looking back on the game, if we would have connected on some of these plays that we were talking about where we had some mishits, well, you hit some more explosives. And and now, you know, he doesn't carry it, you know, five more times that drive. And so I'm with you. I think there's probably a sweet spot in there in that, you know, 25 to 30 range, just him touching the ball. Um, but we needed him and he was up to the challenge. And uh, that's what it took this past week. And Could we have played cleaner, yeah. You know, we had a couple kind of mishits, whether it was in the protection or the run or the pre-snap, where we just weren't quite on. Um, and we're going to need to be better this week. And again, I think that would also take some of that load off because we're going to hit some more explosive plays. Yeah, not to harp, but to putting yourself behind the chains
0: with penalties, with with the mistakes, like that's one of those cardinal sins. I mentioned on the air that that you just. Those are the ones you look at, meaning you're like, really? This is, I mean, we try hard enough to get four yards and then we lose five because we lose concentration. It makes it tough. Um, A big thing, once again, last week, there was a huge disparity in terms of plays. You guys were on on the lower end of the scale. This week, there's a huge disparity in terms of plays. You guys, you just mentioned it, sustaining drives, right? Not hitting the explosives, but able to sustain those drives. I think it was 84 to 59. So an extra 25 plays in this game, on offense, talk about what that meant in terms of defensive, defensive
1: performance as well. Yeah, it, I mean, for the defense not having to, to go out there and defend 95 to 100 plays is huge. I mean, um, and it goes both ways. So the offense staying on the field, as you mentioned. Now, do we want to hit some more of those explosives? Yes, and that's how I think you're going to score more points, but also sustaining some drives and not I don't know, you know, limiting free and outs and turnovers and things like that where the defense has to go sudden change or get back on the field, and so our defense uh, was doing really pretty dang good job uh, for the most part of getting them off the field, forcing them to punt or forcing field goals, um, and then our offense, you know, keeping the ball, not turning it over, and and uh, you know moving the ball down the field. And that, I, you know, when you run twenty five more plays than the other team, you are going to have a lot better chance to win. Yeah, no doubt. The longer you keep it, the more chance you have to stick it in the
0: end zone. So always nice. Uh, once again, Fernando Mendoza was efficient enough, right? Sixty-seven percent. He had the one bonehead interception, which I'm sure he would tell you he just just didn't see the guy and tried to throw it up late, uh, and that that's a no-no for quarterbacks. But almost three hundred yards passing, two touchdowns. Uh, he had he had a an efficient enough game with some big shots in there.
1: Yeah, he did. I after the game you know looking at the stat line i was you know i fernando expects so much from himself and now we've become to uh expect a lot from him he's a freshman you know he's a freshman quarterback and he's gonna make some mistakes and uh i'm really proud of him for continuing to battle because he does he came back from the interception it was not a great play by him and he'd be the first to tell you but boy the the back shoulder touchdown to tron and then the the post over to tron they put it right on his chest and then the the slant to Jeremiah where Jeremiah kind of spun out of it. I mean, he made some really good throws. And then there's just, you know, I think he can operate in that 75% range in a game like that. 75 to eight, maybe even 80. Like he's good enough to do that. And he would tell you the same. So for him to to finish with almost 303 touchdowns, he did have the bad pick. And then he, you know, the biggest thing we're not talking about yet is this, you know, coming back from a huge hit and coming back in the game and, I mean, he went over and the doctors and they did all their tests and all that. And he comes running up to us, say, I'm good. I'm going. You know, he was not about to let uh, let that opportunity slip. So I was really proud of him and he displayed the toughness we all know he has. I love that part of his game, right? That toughness.
0: To, to me, that's the number two thing you need in a quarterback. First thing is accuracy, second thing is toughness. And if you have those two things, you can build on everything else. Uh, and I'm sure he would feel his game was sloppy, right? You look at the stat line, you're thinking, "Oh, that's a great game. But when you watch the game, and I'm sure he feels it, it was a little bit sloppy. I think potentially wet weather, you know, sl- uh, grass surface, like probably both played into that. I know as a quarterback, little things like that will change the difference. Um, but think how good he is, and he can get better to your point. His big target, this game, Tron Grizel. And we talked about Tron kind of earning a spot in camp and how much better he's gotten. Talk about where his game has come to at this point in the season. I said
1: say just a great lesson on somebody that's got some ability. You know, Tron's a 6'4-ish, 6'3 uh, and a 6'4". He can run. Uh, he's still got to continue to build his body. Um, and he can catch the ball. And he really cares. I mean, he really, really cares. And so you have enough ability. You work your butt off. You pour yourself into it. And... You know this. You can make football work for you, and he's done that. So um, you saw it in fall camp. Even in spring, there was the glimpses, and then you saw it in fall camp. And I think uh, you know the he's just earned it every step of the way. He walked on here from Park City, Utah, and he's earned it. And uh, really happy for him. I think uh, I still think that group can we can get even more from you know uh, in that passing game between the QBs and the receivers and tight ends. So uh, I'm happy for him and, again, going to keep pushing him to improve because he still can. Yeah, I think I think it's a great point. It kind of
0: brings me to the mindset question is so many athletes look at ability when they look at it in somebody else and they use that as, as an excuse. Well, he's you know there because he has this great ability. He has great talent. And maybe I don't have that. And they use that as an excuse not to work hard, not to put themselves out there. Talk about – what you see in those players that are able to overcome that piece and to just work through it because a lot of those guys if you have some talent some ability but you're willing to put in the work can become great players there's no
1: doubt i think there's a there's a minimum you have to have you have to be above the line in talent and there's guys that are just above the line and if those guys who are just above the line invest and care and make decisions based on their football career and their everyday life so everything they do is how do i get better at football if they're above the line uh on the talent scale they can make it work like you really can especially in football probably more so than any other uh major sport and then there are guys who we've all seen who have exceptional talent who might not have the same uh uh investment Maybe they don't care quite as much. Maybe they make decisions. Uh, maybe they uh, like football, but don't love football. Maybe they'll, they're motivated by external things. And those guys, it's hard for them to sustain success. And we've seen them. Dyma doesn't. Um, and then you have the very talented guys who are highly motivated, who make decisions on football. And then you have like the elite, elite players. And so um, I think it's a great lesson. And I think Tron does have talent. I mean, again, he's He's 6'4", he can run, he can catch, Uh, he still has to continue to build his body and there's other things in his game he has to improve upon. But um, yeah, you have to have enough. And then what you do with it and how hard you work at it, that means everything. And so, uh, yeah, you're trying to identify that when you're in recruiting and whether you're recruiting scholarship players or walk-on players. But I think time and time again, we see it, especially in football where, You know, that you could the talent can get mitigated by the desire and the perseverance and the work ethic. Now, there's a level where, you know, really exceptionally talented players, they do have an advantage. There's obviously, and especially if they put in some time and work at it. But uh, unfortunately, there are some guys that who are very talented that might not just they don't care enough. And uh, I think you and I can probably list a number of them that we've been uh, come across in our careers. And that's, that's just that me doesn't mean they're a bad person it just means they don't maybe love football the way some other people do
0: yeah no doubt and maybe never had to work for it because they were always so much more talented than the guys around them and I would argue in any football team college football teams uh especially anywhere between 75 to 90 percent of the team are those guys who have enough talent but work to get to where they are where you know the 10 percent elite dudes you know those guys they stand out. But, but you can also watch them, as you pointed out, drop by the wayside. And so I think the majority of guys who make it at that level are enough talent, but working hard guys. Would you agree with
1: that? I would. Uh, yeah, I think it probably depends on the rosters. And, uh, yeah, the, the number of people who, who have the elite talent that can, you know, really kind of scrape by with not working very hard, you know, uh, uh, they get uh, kind of weed themselves out at this level. Um and so but there's a range even within those guys that have enough. Like there's some guys who work pretty hard at it, you know, and can find a role and then there's some guys that just will not be denied and they're going to invest all time and energy and everything they have into football 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 and so I think there's just ranges, you know, and and uh there's kind of this talent and uh work ethic toughness perseverance spectrum that you're always looking at and those are the two really the two axes that you were trying to judge everybody on. But I, I would agree with that. There's the majority of people in, in football are above the line. And then, you know, how like just how how much talent do they have and how how hard are they willing to work at it? Yeah. And it's a magic alchemy that you have to
0: put together as a coach, right? To try to get the most out of everybody. I think it's absolutely key. Defensively, um, you knew going into this big game Stanford was going to do different stuff. You guys were able to execute, A, limited plays, but execute well enough to keep them under 300 yards in the game. Talk about what you were doing with Troy's offense and where you
1: found the matchups. Uh, a couple things that showed up. Noel Williams followed Io Manor basically the entire game. Um, and we knew Ellick as a, as a player is very talented. He's a big body. We knew the quarterback of is a a challenge because he can run and throw and he's tough to tackle. We had a hard time tackling him a few times. Um, We wanted to win some one-on-ones up front in the run game and place a little more split safety where the safeties aren't diving into the box and then change the picture in the pass game. And I thought the defensive staff had a really good plan. Uh, I thought the players executed it well. I thought Noel really stepped up. Played maybe his best game. Same with Lou Hearns. He had three pass breakups, I think. We had some negative plays. I I mean, first play of the game, you know, Brett Johnson wins a one-on-one on a draw, shrugs the guard and makes the tackle, like versus split safety. So they have numbers, but Brett made the play. Got off a block and made the tackle. And that's how you play great defense, is winning those one-on-ones. And then, uh, yeah, I think, again, a couple times throughout the game, you know, the the... the we had a chance to sack him. He breaks out of it. He throws kind of a ale mary down the sideline. The guy tiptoes it, makes a great catch. They end up getting a, a field goal out of that. But uh, again, I think we could have played better by getting the quarterback on the ground more. But really, overall, pleased with the execution and their work. There was one over route that we didn't match up well, and then they beat us on a on a vertical for the touchdown. But for the most part, everything was matched up, and I thought the guys there weren't weren't many busts at all. Yeah, I thought you guys did a really nice
0: job in coverage. And obviously, you hold a team under 300 yards. In total offense, that's a pretty good defensive day overall. So that's head coach Justin Wilcox. We will talk about that upcoming UCLA game coming up. Maybe I'll get it out to you in in time for Thanksgiving so you have something extra to chew on besides your turkey. But just a couple other stats that I want to mention. One, offense was converting third downs at a 45% rate. That is a championship rate of conversion on third down. So hats off to the offense and Coach Spav for that. And then Fernando uh, getting knocked out of the game for a short time there, taking another big hit. One of the things he needs to work on in his game is avoiding taking those huge shots. And so, uh, but I just love watching him play. He's a leader. He's got toughness. He's got uh, a lot of ability and a lot of the intangibles. You know, they measure quarterbacks at combines on arm strength, and height, and weight, and 40 speed, and blah, 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 yeah, yeah. But The quarterbacks who end up being great are the guys who have the intangibles on top of that. As we talked about with Coach, there's a certain amount of talent that you have to have, but then the work ethic, the heart, the drive, the passion, all those things, and Fernando has all of those things in spades. So fun to see him having success here, fun to see this offense picking it up, improving, Uh, and finding its rhythm under Coach Bav, Coach Blesch, uh, all the offensive coaches, Coach Toller, and of course, Fernando at the helm. So that's it for Big Game. Wrapping this one up right now. Awesome to get a win. 126th final Pac-12 Big Game. We will continue this rivalry moving forward into the ACC. A natural fit for the two West Coast teams. But that's another podcast for another time. For now, I appreciate you guys watching. I hope you have a fantastic Thanksgiving uh, enjoy your families, enjoy your turkey, enjoy your naps. And uh, we'll come back and we'll see if we can get one more next week against UCLA. But until then, have a great vacation week. I am Mike Pulaski for Bear Insider and Ultimate Insider Podcast. As always, go Bears. <laughs>